Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Our number three is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. Our thanks to Dan Dockett for joining us. Big thanks to David Tyree and Justin Bat uh, for joining us earlier in the show. Wide open hour here if you'd like to chime in. Outkick 360 is where you can find us on social media. You can join the YouTube chat as well. Um, and if you're listening to our great radio stations, uh, we invite you to hop in the uh, social media realm to give your opinion. Also, uh, let us know uh, that you've set the presets on the radio dial through uh, whatever great station it might be, Sports Radio 104.7, Somewhere Sports Radio uh, in Joplin, Missouri, or Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville, Florence. Let us know by just following at Outkick360. Um, details on the, the PGA tour slash live tour and the, the, the big time brands, the individuals, uh, and champions that are headed to play in London for the live tour, uh, the new golf invitational international, uh, eight event series that will tee off for the first time next Thursday, um, instead of staying with the PGA Tour and facing fines, facing bans. At one point, it was said that the, the PGA was threatening the, the lifetime ban of a player who chose to leave to go play for the Live Tour. We'll, we'll get details literally in minutes. A couple of headlines that are out there, uh, Chad. The, the comments by Aaron Rodgers deserve mention here. Um, there are 12 teams in the NFL that are going through their mandatory minicamp this week. Green Bay's one of them, and Aaron Rodgers is there. Got paid this offseason. And he was directly asked if he planned on remaining a Packer until the end of his career. And give Aaron Rodgers credit, he said yes, believe it or not. He didn't lead this on to say, hey, we'll see where we're going. He was also, I thought, very thoughtful in this response, Chad. He said... I'm not that he, as far as the length and duration of his contract, he's like, look, I'm going to be completely honest with you. He was telling this to Rob Domofsky of ESPN, a friend of the show. Um, if we go win the title this year, I may have a different mindset after winning another championship to play another year than I would if we, if uh, he's like, uh, hopefully we don't, but if we do, we bow out in the playoffs and I have a more there's more fire to return for a certain reason I'm not going to put a timetable on this but at the end of this year hopefully after a championship he'll get with Brian Gutenkus the general manager and see where things are down the road um there are and for further discussion the way his contract is structured is really a one-year deal if both sides want it to be there are outs for both here but I thought for the first time, Rodgers finally stepped up and said, hey, Green Bay stepped up this offseason. They met me at exactly the bar where I said I wanted to be, which was, he never directly said it, but he did it through the media. He wanted to be the highest paid player in the history of the league. He's that. And now he's saying, look, I'm, 
I plan on retiring as a Green Bay Packer. I have not heard that. I love it. Um, I, I think it's great. I love when a player, that, especially a legendary player, plays their entire career with one team. So I, I hope it happens. And I applaud the honesty from Aaron Rodgers not to tiptoe around that question and to just come out and say that that's what he sees. Yes. Now, he also said, I think about retirement all the time, mm-hmm. right, recently. So, I mean, that his mind right now could very well be this might be my last year, you know, for all we know. And I, and Aaron I, Rodgers, I, and so I yeah, right. I'm yeah, playing for of, the Packers. Part of what he was saying is also clarifying what he said in that group interview post the yeah. match. But he by saying that, he's saying, look, I, I do – my retirement thoughts are, I mean, factored in by well, it's, championship. Are we bottoming out? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I think his know. mind right now is just so day-to-day – that he's thinking, I'm under contract with the Packers this year. I've committed to playing this year. So when asked a question, do you feel like this is your only team you'll play for, his answer is obviously going to be yes because he's not thinking past this next season. Because in his mind, he doesn't know if he's playing past this next season. But if he is, it's Green Bay. Yeah, he's still under contract with them for, what, three more years? Yes, but again, there's there's also reason to ask that question because of the way the contract is structured. Um, yeah, but that and, would be Andrew, a question for the Packers. Andrew Brandt and others have have detailed that of of why you know it's this hundred fifty million dollar deal, but really it's this right, and and a lot of those contracts are structured that way. But I think the perceived notion sure, my, was what I'm oh, saying the, the is extension that, is going to allow him to retire, well, and he's set there, and he's not going to be moved. When really, it's still up to both sides. That's a question for the Packers, though. On the, on the uh, they could extinguish it after this year based on the language and way the contract is structured. But I completely believe – I guess what I'm saying is I believe Aaron Rodgers, and here's where I think his mind is right now. He just got done at this the match saying I think about retirement all the time. He's not thinking about – he's not thinking past the 2022 season. If the Packers go and win a Super Bowl this year, I think he, he might retire. Uh, and I think he's probably thinking the same thing. If he feels like there's unfinished business, in his mind right now, getting ready for the 2022 season – Aaron Rodgers isn't thinking about, oh, the Packers could cut me after next year, and then maybe I go and play somewhere else if I feel like I still have something left to give and want to play. So I just totally buy what he's saying right now, that in his mind, he is planning on playing for the Packers and no one else. And I, honestly, I hope that's what happens. I mean, I hope, that, I, I hope he finishes out the contract and we see Aaron Rodgers for three more years and he gets one more Super Bowl and we get to enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers play quarterback for three more seasons. I don't know that's going to happen because of the structure of the contract, but hopefully that's the case. Um, Andrew Brandt wrote, in my mind, in humble opinion, this contract that was signed is a one-and-done for Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers where they can move on to Jordan Love because of the dead money that's exercised even if Rodgers retires. It goes to never-seen-before proportions in the second year of this extension. So that's why I think it's really intriguing that he doesn't talk about, oh, we'll see, for any, for any team. It's, I, I, it's Green Bay or, and that's it, retirement. Do we believe that? Eh, we'll see. I mean, again, right now I believe that. Yeah. I think he is being very honest with everyone right now. I don't want this to come back as he was lying and he's a big right. liar again because he ends up playing for the Seattle Seahawks 
a year from and now I, I or whatever because right now he's telling the truth. And, I, I, and I he's being he honest has. when he answers that question. And you know where I stand on this. I think he has told the truth throughout, the, throughout all this um, in regards to uh, the contract talks with Green yeah. Bay. Um, Broncos sold to Rob Walton, $4.65 billion. That makes this the largest North American sale for a pro sports franchise in the history of sports. 4.65 for the Denver Broncos. Keep this in mind. And this, this is what just, I, I think it's just crazy to think about. Rob Walton, uh, the heir to Walmart, is worth $57 billion, according to Forbes. He is immediately the wealthiest NFL owner of all 32. That's crazy when you think about the money involved in this league and that the newest guy is the wealthiest of them all. It's crazy. You know what really makes me think? Did David Tepper get the biggest discount and deal Ooh. in the history of sports? In 2018, <laughs> four years ago, this guy bought the Panthers for $2.275 billion. Four years later... The Denver Broncos sold for more than double that. What a steal. If you're looking at it from yeah. four years later, what the Broncos went for as opposed to another one. There's only 32 of them. They all make a ton of money to what the Carolina Panthers sold for in 2018. Great deal for David Tepper. So, the, the, so he's the richest owner in the NFL. And I, I, I said 57. I think he's up. Is like 59.6, but what are a couple billion when you reach that, right? Uh, Tepper has the highest net worth in the NFL at 16 billion prior to today. <laughs> so uh, the, the Walmart heirs got it uh, cranking, man. Uh, by the way, if you're curious, Pat Bolin, um, who never would have seen this happen uh, before his passing, uh, who, outstanding guy, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, he purchased the team for seventy-eight million, and the Bolin family just sold for four point six. Crazy, nuts! Can I give a a quick uh, beef of the day here? Sure. That I have on my email right now. Um, if you're going to take your time and email me a very long email complaint, uh-huh. about me, totally about me, respectful. But complaining about me, and I, I take the time to read the entire email. But the one problem with the email is you're complaining about a story at OutKick that I did not write, that you assumed that I wrote when I was promoting the work of another writer at OutKick. When I respond to that email and say, hey, I appreciate your feedback, thanks for reaching out, but there's one problem, I didn't write the story you're complaining about. <laughs> Do yes. not respond to that email with anything other than, oh, ha, my bad, you're right, carry on. Do not respond with, that's semantics. No, that's not semantics. I didn't write what you're complaining about. You cannot say, oh, no, that's just semantics. I, I sent you a four-page, strongly worded email about a story you didn't write and then when I respond and say that I, in fact, didn't write it, you say, oh, no, it's semantics. My point still remains. People, listen, there are times where you just have to own it and say, 
oh, my bad, I read that wrong, or I screwed that up, and just move about your day. Stop the doubling down. This is part of the problem in our country right now. We all double down. No one just says, hey, my bad, and owns it. I mean, give me a break. You really need to look up the meaning of semantics. (laughs) When I tell you something is not fact, and it's not, and you come back to me with, oh, it's just semantics. Wow. Anyway. That's that's, That's a great primary complaint, by the way. Here's the other thing, too. When I correct people on Twitter... I've gotten way too into Twitter here recently after giving it up for a while and responding to people. When you come at me with something and I clarify what I said, here's a thing. I said college baseball is still a niche sport. People said baseball is a niche sport. I said college baseball is a niche sport. Baseball is America's pastime. Multiple people have said this, and when I correct them, they go away. Of course. No response, no reply. Go away. No, oh, my bad. Thanks for replying. You have way more followers than I do. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. No, they just float away. They float away like the guy who told me that it's semantics when I told him that I did not write the article that he's so angry about. Joe Kinsey wrote that article, by the way. <laughs> and I enjoyed the article. It was fun. It was a nice read. Hashtag Thursday about, about Tennessee baseball. And I'm sorry that I'm not embarrassed personally by Tennessee baseball throwing a middle finger at someone. It doesn't really affect me one way or the other. I'm not in full support of it, and it doesn't embarrass me personally. I don't care as a Tennessee alum. So apologies to you if that offends your delicate sensibilities. Chad, here are the courses. Thanks to uh, Davey Hudson for, for helping us out, looking this up. Here is the PGA Tour event versus the Live Tour Invitational International Series and where they'll be. And keep in mind, when they say international... Five of these events are in the states of the eight that are on the calendar for 2022. Um, of course, June 9th through the 12th, um, you've got the RBC Canadian Open. That's, of course, uh, taking place in Toronto. The purse there is $8.7 million. That's going against a total purse in London for the live tour of, like, what, $35 million? give or take some there, I believe, is what I've read. Um, and I think all the purses are practically the same here for, for the Live Tour. Um, late June, early July, July 4th weekend, the John Deere Classic in Illinois, the purse is 7.1. Um, that will be going against the Live Tour with Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and others, uh, DeChambeau now, in Portland. The Rocket Mortgage Tour, $8.4 million purse in July in Detroit, Michigan. That same weekend, the Live Tour is in New Jersey. And That's se- at Donald Trump's course, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it's at yeah. Trump National Golf Club. And September, mid-September, the Sanford International uh, of a uh, purse of $2 million in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Live Tour, September 16th to the 18th in Chicago, Illinois with a massive purse there as well. And keep in mind, these guys are getting paid. What was paid. the purse in Chicago? Does it have Two million. It? Two million, okay. And how much for the other one? What is it, like 35? The total, all, all, over the course of all of these events, it's 335 million. So. Okay. So now the next question I would have for Davey or, or and anyone. there's only 48 playing. Right. I want to see, give me the top 15 players in each tournament. We're not going to know that until people actually play in the PGA Tour events because some won't participate. 
some of the top ones always right. don't participate if it's not a major. So I want to see – give me 10 or 15 versus 10 or 15. Just skim to the very top and give me the biggest names in each tournament. Well, I mean, the, the, we, we know there are at least 19 of the top 100 players right now that are playing in the Live Tour that will be playing. Again, I, just, I want to see top 10 or 15 um, versus top 10 or 15, and I know five of them, and it's really good for the Live Tour. Right? Oh, already, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, um, uh, Phil Mickelson, there's some big names. So give me, go, let's go Kevin Na, let's go 10 or 15 deep versus the top 10 or 15 of the PGA Tour events each week. That's going to be the next barometer for me and for most viewers. What kind of star power do you have in each tour? Well, the, some, of the, some of the top 19 players in the world, people won't recognize others. Um, I mean, they've got Sergio Garcia, Charles Schwartzel, Graham McDowell, Louis Oosthuizen, Bryson DeChambeau joined, of course, Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Kevin Na. Uh, I mean, they've got a nice little group. And even if you're just, I mean, the average... Well, my argument is I think that's going to be better than the PGA Tour well, when for, you take their top 10 or 15 dates. names. But really, I mean, the average weekend there, I'm not sure how many people are paying attention to those events in September, golf. I'm talking golf here. The majors are over, um, all of that. It, the, the, what PGA has going for is the 48 total events per season instead of the eight. But the the and the TV contracts here. Well, but, that's that someone on the YouTube chat just asked: Is the Live Tour on TV? The answer is no, which honestly surprises me. We talked earlier in the show, Hutton. I think this is perfect for HBO. I mean, take the PR hit you're going to take in the short term over it. It's, and I say HBO, any premium channel. To me, the live tour is perfect for a premium channel if you're willing to take the PR hit of being the one that extends the hand, takes the money from the live mm -hmm. tour and the Saudi oil money. Well, uh, who, owns, who owns HBO now? Who's the, the parent company? Is it's, it uh, uh, Warner Brothers? I believe so. I was going to say Viacom, but I think that's, that's the past. So owner. which main network is that connected to? Yes, Warner Brothers owns HBO. Was, we know Paramount's connected to CBS. Correct. I'm trying to see what, what contractual obligations or connections they would have to the PGA. Maybe they don't. I, I, I'm with you on HBO, though. That's the, that, what about Turner. Turner's already partnered with Mickelson in the match. So Warner Brothers owns, just a quick search, TBS, TNT, True TV. So all the, the Turner channels. Go. Yeah. Discovery, Travel Channel, some other ones. And, and Turner has recently invested in the non-NFL sports, right? The, the, the non-football sports. They've, they've gone full bore with the NHL. They have the NBA. TBS has Major League Baseball. Goodness gracious. So Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers Discovery is the name of the new company. Warner Brothers Discovery Hutton owns everything I just mentioned. CNN, HBO, Cartoon Network, Discovery Channel. They also own the entire DC Entertainment Universe. So all DC wow. comic properties. I mean, are you a little bit surprised that 
this is only streaming online right well, now? And there's not no. been someone or even a some rogue network no. to air this thing on TV? No, I'm not. Because of the, the cancel policy that originally was brought to the table. We're not talking about 2021 here. It was literally six weeks ago. Um, and since then, they've announced that this is going to stream live on YouTube and Facebook. And I think it, to your point, Chad, just as quickly as some of these players have now resigned from the PGA and they're joining the Live Tour, I think soon there will be a TV network that joins in on all this. For what price? We'll see. But I think that's also uh, you know, paramount to what the streaming numbers are like. But, I mean, I'm intrigued to watch this, to see what it's like. 55 cameras, that we, we detailed that yesterday. They're going to treat this like a, a normal event where they're going to have the pairings. You know they're going to pair these guys together to where the top players are featured prominently on what they're doing. No, uh, I, no different than any major. I definitely am intrigued enough to watch, for sure. They've got one of the main guys, one of the main soccer guys, as the main play-by-play voice of this. Um, yeah, they, I mean, with Google and Facebook involved, there's soon to be another TV network involved, especially if you can counter whatever the PGA is doing that weekend, which is not much just based on the schedule itself. There's not much competition based on those tournaments. Well, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened yet, but I also keeping in mind that officially just in the last week, the biggest names have jumped on. So that is also, that's strategic on all sides. The TV network doesn't want to jump yeah. in until they know who's in. You're right. And your value is now higher if you're the live tour for a television provider considering you've been able to announce these big-time, big-name golfers, which is only going to help them with their price they're going to be asking for in return to carry the, the product. Coming up, we've got some, some headlines you should definitely be paying attention to across NFL minicamps. And the other half of the league – We'll have mandatory minicamps starting next week. I think there's a name worth paying attention to that would make national headlines if he chose not to show up the same way DK Metcalf did this weekend. Details next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network for Outkick 360. This week is flying by. It, yeah, it is. Man, here we are. It's Wednesday. There's 30 minutes left in our show. Right there. The, the, I mean, we're, we're Tom Cruise. We're in one <laughs> of these fighter know. pilots. And we're right there. We're close to the aircraft carrier. We're about to land this puppy. Um, Chad's Tom Cruise uh, here. I, there, there's um, no way I'd be... Climbing those. I'm Tom peaks Cruise, of but eight inches taller and way less handsome. That's me, Tom Cruise. Even though I'm 19 years younger than Tom Cruise. Let me. Uh, I'm going to clarify a detail of the the CBA that I mentioned yesterday with the NFL um, in regards to DK Metcalf. I, I still think he's lost a bit of his leverage. Uh, really, a lot of it 
by not demanding the trade earlier because there would be a demand for DK Metcalf just like there was A.J. Brown. Um, but by not showing up to the, the mandatory minicamp this week in Seattle, I mentioned yesterday that the team has no option but to impose the fine. Like they can't retroactively say, you know what, you showed up, we got a contract extension, no harm, no foul. And the, you used to be able to do that in the league. That is true once training camp rolls around. That's it. There's a fine per day. Uh, but reading the NFL website, NFL.com yesterday, just to clarify some details, straight from the NFL site, players who miss mandatory minicamp are subject to a fine, but unlike training camp, it's not compulsory for teams to enact a fine for a missed minicamp, meaning they can fine them if they want to. They don't have to. And so there is some leverage that DK Metcalf uses here. He could be fined. But honestly, if they work something out or he shows up to training camp and plays out the contract, probably, they're, I mean, my guess is they're not fine. They him. won't find him. They'll come um, to an agreement on that. So I, I wanted to clarify that um, because he hasn't lost complete leverage because he's guaranteed to be losing of the three mandatory practices, 150 grand, or it might be, what, 120 grand, I think, uh, for a rookie deal, um, give or take 10 grand. But nonetheless, it brings me to this thought. Um, Chad, the, the headline next week that is, I, I, I still think it's unlikely, but it's worth discussion. There would be a national bottom line ripple effect on the ESPN, NFL Network. I mean, there, Nashville could become uh, ground zero for NFL coverage next week because... Like Adam Henry. Schefter could be here. Because of Derrick Henry. Um, it is presumed he's showing up to the mandatory minicamp next week. I expect him to be here. He's been, he's been at the mandatory practices in the past. Um, he was franchise tagged by a team that then worked out a long-term contract that same offseason. I don't think that there is a lot of uh, distrust there between the relationship whatsoever. So uh, let me preface all this by saying there is leverage here. And everybody that's watched this show, Chad and Paul certainly know this, I believe in a player's leverage, which is rare. But when you have the opportunity to use it, you must play your cards. And given the fact that it's not a mandatory fine to miss a mandatory minicamp, like I presumed 24 hours ago. And given the fact of his current contract, where, yes, he's scheduled to make between 12 and $12.5 million at the running back position this coming season. But the guaranteed money on his contract, according to Spotrack, which all everyone goes to for all things NFL contracts, According to Spotrack, he has no more guaranteed money left on his deal that he signed two years ago. It was a four-year, $50 million contract. All of the guarantees have been paid. So if Henry comes in and gets hurt, there's no guarantee that he's getting the $12 million plus that he's scheduled for this year. Chances are he'll make that. But I would also say... I would have said, 
chances are he's not getting hurt last year because the guy never got hurt. He's been very durable, and he got hurt last year. Worked his way back, and no one worked harder behind the scenes and as quietly as Henry did um, to get back on the field. Didn't perform great. The team didn't perform great on offense in the playoff game. But, Chad, I bring this up because of the leverage. He is the Titans' offense. And I'm going to write a full, detailed column about this at OutKick.com. But when you consider that they don't have A.J. Brown, that they have Robert Woods coming off an ACL, who is on schedule, but he's coming off an ACL. You have Traylon Burks, who showed up out of shape and has asthma and has not been I – mean, he's been practicing – but we do, he's a rookie wide receiver. There are no guarantees there for instant production. When I say Derrick Henry is the Titans' offense, I especially mean that in the month of September. And with no guarantees on his contract, and given the fact that I've said in the past, the contract is set up for them to run him into the ground. That's how their team is built. At no point, and we've debated this a lot over the years, about... Is he getting too many carries? What's the workload like? Are, are they going to put a carry count, like a pitch count? Are they going to put a carry count on him in this game? They have never done that. And no matter, I'll, let me reiterate this point, no matter the score, they will turn around and hand the football off to him. He's that good, and the offensive line is that much better whenever he's carrying the football. Yes, they ran it extremely well last year when he was hurt. That doesn't mean that they're any better without Derrick Henry off the field. Chad, because of this, if he were to not show up at the open practice next Tuesday, imagine the headlines that that would cause and the reaction that he would receive. He's, he's a quiet guy. He is a team-first player. I, I, I'm not saying he's a me guy. But at the running back position, and given the fact that he's the best dude and the baddest man in the NFL with no guaranteed money and the report a couple of weeks ago from, uh, that, that, that came out through ESPN that the Titans were open to a contract extension. That's how the report read. It's because he has no more guaranteed money on his contract and they need him to show up. What do you think? I think you, you've hit on something here. I mean, I think you've hit the nail on the head of, of what to watch and the reasoning behind the possibility of, of Derrick Henry not showing up. Um, here's what's interesting to me. So with A.J. Brown, you know, back and forth, he wanted to either get traded or get the contract extension and everything else. The Titans had a plan B, and they executed plan B. Plan B was, we're tired of this, we'll trade you, we'll go – First-round receiver, much cheaper at that position instead of giving all this money to A.J. Brown long-term. We can debate whether or not that's good for the Titans. Maybe long-term it is. I think in the short term, it's definitely not. And I love Traylon Burks in, in college. I love him as a player. I think it was a good pickup for the Titans. There's no plan B for no Derrick Henry. That, that is, I, I, that's what I jotted down, Hutton, as you were talking. That, to me, that's the biggest thing is you look at their situation, their offense, and this does not say a lot of good things about Ryan Tannehill right now, there is no plan B for Derrick Henry, the workhorse, the best player at his position in the league, to not be a go for the Titans this year. 
that will get them frightened when that happens. Well, I, if that happens, and his his agents like they all know the contract right now is set up for him to. He's been extremely durable, but the non guarantees that are remaining again, it doesn't. The business side of this is a lot of a lot of times the fans don't want to hear it, but the guarantees here. Um, Given the fact that they they've had the offseason they had, where they had they just traded AJ Brown because he wanted the extension and didn't get it. Um, you've got Jeffrey Simmons, who's going to make two point two million, but it, at least there are guarantees there, plus a fifth year option where he's guaranteed ten million dollars a year from now. With Henry, he's been paid and he will be paid twelve million plus, um, given the circumstances of staying healthy and playing in 2022, but the players want the guarantees if you can get it, if you have the leverage to get it. And he's got the leverage here. And um, while some laugh at that and they say, oh, you know, whatever, like he'll, he'll show up, he, he, he probably will. But let me, let me tell you who hasn't been at Titans practice. And all, you know, it's just presumed that everyone's there next week. Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Nate Davis, who also wants a contract extension, um, but again, doesn't have the same type of leverage. Derrick Henry, there are a couple of others, and it's all voluntary. So it's just kind of, well, they're not here, but they will be here. And I expect all those guys to be there. But the guy who could not show up and actually get something done by not doing that is Henry. And given the fact that the mandatory fines, no matter if the team wants to give it to you or not, don't actually take place until later this summer whenever training camp rolls around. Now's the time to play that card if you're going to, uh, even if you're just trying to play the business game of this. And I think he, he is a team-first guy. He is all about um, making sure he's not the story other than being the dude at the running back position. But, man... He he's wanting the extension, the Titans, according to the report from ESPN. Again, that was very specifically worded um, from ESPN and Jeremy Fowler, what three or four weeks ago now. It was early May. Um, just reading between the lines, I don't. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's not a one hundred percent certainty. Let's put it that way. That he's showing up. Harold Landry's showing up. Bud Dupree is showing up. I, if you're Henry and you're wanting the extension, now's the time to use the leverage if you've got it. You don't need to get hurt again because he's coming off the injury already from last year. And, and a lot of people are already starting to write him off. Consider what that one injury did to the perception of Derrick Henry. And now you're coming into a year where the, next, the final two years on his contract have zero guarantees on it. I find it very intriguing to follow. Did the report that came out from Jeremy Fowler, Hutton, did that strike you as maybe coming from the Titans side in that the Titans maybe have been talking with Derrick Henry's agent well, I, about it, something and trying to get out ahead of it that the way, they're open to discussing it? The way it was worded said the Titans were open to the idea of an extension. And, and Fowler went through... Uh, contract extensions that could happen before training camp or the regular season. And he had, uh, by position, some things to watch. And then he had, like, be on the lookout for or wild card. That was it. Wild card candidates. And it was not alphabetical order. It was, anything, it was Henry number one at the top of the list. 
And that made news because you're thinking, well, he's got two years left on a deal, and he's making 12 and a half. But according to Spotrack, Chad, he's got zero guarantees this year. And if you're him, you're, you're wanting that extension to at least get some guarantee money. I don't know if it's as much about extending the life of the contract as much as it is getting more guaranteed money now as a part of what he's due to be paid um, in similar fashion to what happened with, uh, you know, comparing it to Aaron Donald. There were no additional years added to Aaron Donald's contract. They're avoidable years, but the additional years really aren't there. They just gave him a raise. And in this case, I, I wonder if that's more or less what he's looking for, some guaranteed money. Then he shows up in place for the contract he's going to play for. Maybe not. Maybe he's willing to just roll the dice and play and, and get paid twelve and stay healthy. But if he goes through another, if you're just if you're his agency and you're thinking about the money to be made and consider the position, the last thing that needs to happen is an injury like what happened last year, where you start to look at bulk and workload and the number of carries and what he means to this offense versus another type scheme, and then wonder what an extension would look like a year from now coming off back-to-back -back years with injuries. It's always about the insurance policy. The insurance policy right now is to try to get something worked out guaranteed-wise right now. You also have full knowledge, if you're Derrick Henry, that they're going to run you in the ground, especially early. They've always done that. and They were doing it last year. Yes, and that's Derrick Henry kind of saying, hey, I know the plan. I'm fine with that. I'm a team guy. I want to help any way I can, but... I don't want to do it with nothing guaranteed. So it makes sense. I think everything you've laid out makes perfect sense, and it's something now that I'll be watching next week when mandatory minicamp starts. And, you know, from, from Simmons, like Jeffrey Simmons could get paid this offseason. We could see an extension, could see an extension. But from Jeffrey Simmons' point of view, I think it's very – he's going to make 2.2, and then he's got the fifth-year option coming up. I think it's likely, based on the way he's been playing, Chad, that he can repeat a similar type season because he continues to improve. He's added now the pass rush to where he's not just around the quarterback and helping out other players. He's actually getting eight and a half sacks, and he's getting the quarterback hits, and he's impacting the run in a big way. He's impacting games. Go back and watch the Josh Allen stop on the fourth down play on Monday Night Football from week, what, six last year, week five or week six last year. Uh, point being, Simmons, if he repeats it, is going to cash in in a mega way next offseason because he's going to command upwards of $25 million per year on average if he repeats the same numbers as last year because other than Aaron Donald, I don't think there's another interior defensive lineman that's as good as Jeffrey Simmons. So I think it makes sense for him to play this year, even at the low number, considering his impact on the team. Meanwhile, you look at the guarantees of the veteran of Henry and what he means to this offense, and I don't know if I would do the same thing for zero guarantee, despite the $12 million salary that he's going to get. Because he's already... Lawan keeps all... He always mentions no guarantees after this year on his contract. He's, he's openly admitted. Players realize this, and... If you're a vet and you know your value, you have to use that as part of your overall hand that you're dealt when you have the opportunity. You can't just sit on it because it doesn't help you in that regard. The team will use you if you allow them to. And they will pay in him or not pay in him uh, anything else more than what they've done this year and in the past. They're going to run him into the ground this year. 
because he's their offense. I love so, it. I'm I'm going to be watching next week, Hutton, now to see if this happens. Now, here's the other thing, Chad. He he could they could be working out something this entire time. The report could be extremely accurate from a couple of weeks ago. He shows up in good faith because he he did that during the franchise tag year for him. He was good faith in that, no problem. They work out an extension. Again, there's always been a great relationship behind the scenes, but I only bring this up so that everyone knows Outkick 360 is not shocked if it happens because it's set up for it to happen if they want to play that card next Tuesday. Much like DK, I think everyone's surprised DK Metcalf didn't show. So Ryan, he was at OTA. So Ryan Fitzpatrick went on the Adam Schefter podcast and okay. gave his opinion on who is the greatest quarterback to ever live. We'll have that answer for you, oh, wow. and it's going to shock you. And I don't know the answer. When we right. come back. When we right. come back. That is what they call in the business a tease. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the smartest quarterback to ever live. Mr. Harvard. Mr. The greatest Harvard. quarterback to ever live. Next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on fast-paced show today. So fast-paced. Ryan Fitzpatrick says, who is the greatest quarterback of all time? He told this to Adam Schefter. And I quote from Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's, not, it's clearly not Brady or Manning. I think Peyton Manning okay. is the greatest quarterback to ever live from I, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, thought he, I think that it is now to the point, Hutton, where it is controversial if you say anyone oh. but Tom Brady. I think that anybody but Tom Brady seems to uh, evoke controversy from people. What did he say uh, that, about – All I see is the quote. It's just, I think Peyton is the greatest quarterback to ever live. Okay. Pro Football Focus tweeted that out. This was courtesy of the Adam Schefter podcast five minutes ago. The first response was from Bernard Pollard that just said, <laughs> hashtag boom. <laughs> well. I guess he agrees. I'm, I'm yeah, assuming well, the hashtag boom means he agrees. Yeah, yeah well, Pollard also the man who uh, took out Brady's ACL. Uh, back in what, 28, 2008, I believe. Um, That's true. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious on the details there, but there, therein lies the, uh, the analytical approach as to what Ryan Fitzpatrick will bring to Amazon right there because he can go into detail. And I'm sure he did with Schefter's podcast too, which is very good. Uh, I think Schefter does a really good job on his interviews with that, as does uh, you know, do guys like Peter King on the, uh, his, his podcast with Coaches. Um, so I, I will be checking that out just to hear what Fitzpatrick had to say on that. I can't. He's one of those guys that I, I really can't wait to see what's next for him because I think that he's got kind of a Pat McAfee-type trajectory in terms of different things he could do career-wise in media. Well, So I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm curious to follow him. At the same time, we really don't follow him all that much if you think about it. In yeah. off season, off season, it's not like he's not a he's, social media sensation. Well, he's played what was it, seventeen years, fourteen years career? I, uh, I'm trying to add everything up. Seventeen, I seventeen. Think. Yeah. So it's not like 
for the past five years, we've thought, is this the year Ryan Fitzpatrick retires? Like, it hasn't been a discussion, but he is very interesting whenever he decides to discuss a topic. So for, for that, the journeyman is worthy of having a microphone in front of him if he so chooses. Our, uh, our buddy Barton Simmons, who now works for Vanderbilt football, mm -hmm. I remember him saying that he played, he played at Yale. He played against Ryan Fitzpatrick. So it's always crazy when he sees him playing quarterback in the NFL because he played college ball against him at Harvard <laughs> in the Harvard-Yale game. Coming up tomorrow, Trey Wallace is going to join us. We'll talk SEC headlines with Trey, as we do each and every week. Always plenty to talk across the Southeastern Conference. We will get into the NFL headlines of the day with Armando Salguero of Outkick.com. That will include Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo having the excused absence uh, this week for Jimmy G, next week for Mayfield for the mandatory minicamp, um, and DK Metcalf not being excused for mandatory minicamp this week for Seattle. There's plenty of, of chatter with Miami and, and other practices that are ongoing. Indianapolis is, is underway with the mandatory minicamp. Armando will join us tomorrow as well. We hope you will. We are live daily, 3 to 6 Eastern across the Outkick Network, 2 to 5 Central as well on this great radio station and on this streaming platform.